Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. Uh, their superiors want. So sometimes working for a law firm that does cannabis is really going to hurt you. No, probably 15, 20% of the time can get an LLM, not anybody, but if you have the money. Okay, so that's what they're looking for in partners. They're also looking for, sometimes you may be interviewing for a partner position where the firm already has work. So then they're interested in sort of your ability of how you fit in and that sort of thing. That's But the partners are basically about that. And if you're interviewing for an associate position, it's just a little bit different. Partners are expected to, for the most part, have business, share that business with the firm and agree on a fair split in terms of the amount of money they bring in or their future ability to bring in business and what it looks like. For an associate position, they're basically... so. This is uh, one of the ways to think about this, and I think it's the most important, is when you're interviewing for a partner position, if you're inter- you're basically interviewing to be a general. So general means control. It's a, just a different thing. It's supervising the associates, bringing in work, all that sort of thing. So you're interviewing to be a general. And then if you're interviewing for an associate position, you're really interviewing to be a soldier, a soldier with potential. What does that mean? It means... It means you follow orders, like a, you, know, you follow orders, you do what's asked of you, do what's asked and all that sort of thing. But one of the other things I would just bring up that's important even for generals. So generals, attorneys and law firms that have business, they're ultimately like, they're still team players at the best firms. Now there are some firms that are very siloed and where people are doing a bunch of different things, but they're still team players and in Really, they and that the play the game, the do the do what uh, their superiors want. So sometimes you may have. So sometimes, like for example, a law firm may tell a partner, "We're going to pay you as long as you bring in five million. We'll pay you one point five million a year." And then maybe it gets really slow one year, and they say, "We can only pay a million this year, but we'll make it up to you in a few years when things get do better." And then the partner will say, "Yes, no problem." And then, and but a lot of other people would say, hey, that sucks, I'm leaving. So you're still expected to be a team player as a partner, and partners want to see you do that. They all, the law firms want to see you do that. Law firms also want to get a sense that you'll share work, that you won't be uh, and work, a sense that you'll get along with others, you'll get along with others, and then sense that you won't leave with others and sense you won't leave sorry sense you will not leave and so all these kind of positive things uh that you'll support them and it's actually much harder to be a partner than it is to be an associate a lot of partners will tell you hey I'm, i really miss being a partner i really miss being an associate so basically soldiers has potential follows orders do what's asked uh and then uh it depends if you're a junior to senior but if you're an associate you're interviewing with other associates you typically, uh, you, you don't want them to feel threatened. So associates interviewing with other associates have to be very careful about, sorry, with other associates, let me just write that down. Other associates need to be very careful about trying to be threatening. So you don't want to be threatening to other associates. So you need to basically, when you're interviewing with other associates, you need to be seen like, you know, someone that gets along, will not upstage, will not upstage, sorry, upstage others, not a threat. So not a threat to associates, other associates. So this is very important. So associates won't like you if you interview the associates and you appear like you're gonna, you're better than them or you're gonna do things differently. Now, associates interviewing partners, this is just 
that's then when you do that, then you need to brag and not brag, but talk about how hard you're going to work and, and how I don't know, you're willing, just things that would impress other partners. So the partners can feel like that. So these are the general rules of interviewing. I think you said something also about senior associate yeah, from interviewing with new firm associates. Yeah. So that I think I've answered that. If you have a follow-up question, I'm happy to answer this. It's a good question, but partners interviewing with partners, it's really about your business, your ability to future get business, your ability to share the business with a firm, your ability to if the firm wants to rip you off one year, how malleable you seem, not rip you off, but not on a problem, how malleable you seem with that, and then how much you can help the firm. And then associates, really, your ability to be a soldier, do what's asked of you, and then you have the different uh, types of partners. And so you have a part, you have people interviewing with other associates, I meaning you don't want to look threatening. And then if you're interviewing partners, then this is where you pull everything out and talk about how hard you're going to work and aggressive you are and, and all that. You have to interview differently with partners than as an associate. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. You brought up a senior associate, and I'll just type, I'll just deal with that a little bit. So senior associate, the senior associate, there's different types of senior associates that are hired. Sometimes a law firm will hire a senior associate because they just have a lot of work and they don't want the person to stick around very often, which really is something that happens a lot. Other times they'll hire a senior associate because they a partner left, but the firm has a lot of institutional work. Other times they'll hire a senior associate the senior associates often bill at rates that are similar to partners. So it becomes very difficult for them to get work because partners typically will keep a percentage of the work that they do that's high. And then it's a lower percentage of that they get for work that they have others do. So senior associates need to be very dedicated, but they also need to, they need to appear. And I hate to say this, but they need to appear all, they'll be okay with it. If they don't make partner, the firm asks them to leave. Because this is what happens a lot is law firms hire senior associates and then they only keep them on for a couple of years and then they just get rid of them. It's sad, but it happens. But if I was a senior associate interviewing with a firm, it's not a good idea to walk into a one of the world's biggest law firms as a senior associate because your odds of making partner are very slim and they're probably just going to use you for a short time. They may make you counsel and stuff, but that uh, becomes very difficult. So that's just kind of some rules with senior associates. Uh, but the final thing is the senior associate needs to appear hungry. They typically will have a lot of client contacts. They need to appear good clients. And then they need to appear, will work a lot of hours. And then, and then, and then you need to figure out when you go into interview as a senior associate, is this a partnership role or is this short term? And, and if it's short term, which it probably is, then you basically need to say that I'll work as hard as I can, as long as you have in the 
that sort of thing. So these are just some general rules. I'm sorry for giving you so much uh, detail about that, but I wanted to make sure that you understood this as well as I could. Okay, let's see here. This is another question. Person used their name, so I'm just levitation. Okay, cannabis. So cannabis clients are weird. It's just it was a really good practice area for a while, and now it's petered out. There's a lot less working for alcohol used to be like considered like a horrible thing. And there was actually prohibition. And now there's tons of big law firms that do alcohol practice areas. And, and cannabis is something I grew up with thinking it was like this horrible thing. And people that smoked it were stoners and not to be trusted and all this stuff, but not maybe not to be trusted, but not uh, worthy of a lot of respect. And it's just, I don't think it's really that way anymore. I think uh, cannabis is very, even at the highest levels is very respected. People really don't care about it like they used to. Even Elon Musk smoking on Joe Rogan, it's funny, but uh, I don't think people really think about it um, in the way they used to. I don't think working for a law firm that does cannabis is really going to hurt you anymore. I think it would have in the past, but honestly, I think things have changed so much that no one really cares. It's just a different, it's just a different world than it used to be. And I wouldn't worry about it. But what I would worry about is if the law firm is overly dependent on it, because I've seen that it's just that the cannabis is not really what people thought it was going to be. I think a couple of years ago, they thought it was going to be something five years ago in California and so forth, major thing. It is a big thing because you have it legal in New York, obviously Colorado and all over California. And so there's obviously a booming Michigan. It's obviously a booming thing to some extent, but it's not anywhere near what people uh, thought it was going to be. And, and I don't think I don't think there's a lot of people are really that nervous anymore about cannabis. I think that it used to be that way, but I don't think it's that way. I will tell you, I was interviewing a, a, an attorney from this law firm in Albany, New York, I think, and he was looking for a job and his firm did nothing but porno, like representing porno makers. And I think that would maybe taint a little bit, even though that's acceptable too, but cannabis is not the same thing. And I would, I don't think you have to worry about that. Okay. So you're absolutely right. There's some firms where there are people that have a very cold demeanor and not welcoming. I've experienced several of those. I remember I interviewed with a big firm in downtown Los Angeles years ago when I was still an attorney. And, and for some reason, I went in and interviewed with the labor and employment. I was interviewing with labor and employment partner. I wasn't looking for a labor and employment job. And he was just as cold and not welcoming and unpleasant as they could be. So much so that after that interview, I completely lost interest in uh, working at that firm, even though I interviewed with a couple of people uh, later. And, and, but I, I don't even, I don't know if I got a job there or not. And they called me back for extra interviews, but he was awful, just very cold, not welcoming, suspicious, just not, he just took a look at me and I, we were just completely incompatible. And so I, but one thing that was interesting to me is after that, my best friend went to work at that law firm and, and was there for six or seven years. And he said that this guy was so awful that he basically would rotate people would go there to work in the labor and employment department and he would rotate them pretty much every year. All these people would go there and quit or get fired working for this guy. So I would be very cautious going to work in the, in some place where someone like that is there. And if someone is cold and unwelcoming, that's also not a good sign. The people you're working with should like you. 
Uh, I had another friend that worked at a at a law firm, and he got a series of LLMs. He'd gone to a, a law school in California called Thomas Jefferson. I don't think it's even around anymore, but it was unaccredited. But you can still in California take the bar if you're going to an unaccredited law school. But it just so you can do that in California. I think you can do it in New York. And then after that, to look more. And the reason he was very intelligent, he, I think he was just dyslexic and didn't, I don't think got a, couldn't take the LSAT and, or get a good score on it. So that's what happened with that. And but still very smart. And he ended up getting several LLMs and then this final one was at Harvard. And then somehow he got a job at the Los Angeles office of a big uh, New York law firm. And, and I don't know how he got the job, but when he got there, everybody was just very cold, not nice to him, not giving him work. And the poor guy almost had a nervous breakdown because he just felt horrible. And, and then he went to another big firm in LA that was an LA-based firm, kind of mid-sized, and his career took off and he got the highest bonuses and brought in clients. But the point is when you interview with a firm where people are cold and not welcoming, I would stay away from there. And there's a reason they're like that. There's a reason if the law firm keeping them there, then that's the law firm's personality and they don't care. So I would stay away from firms like that. The other thing is too, is that when you walk into a firm, like every firm has different kind of vibes. And so if you walk into a firm that uh, has a certain type of person in it or where you don't feel comfortable, then you should stay away. There's, I walk into, you can walk into houses and where people live and feel different vibes. There's just different vibes that go around. I remember, this is a funny story. I don't know why I'm going off track so much, but I have had a, people working for me in offices in India or an office in India since one, I think. And But at one point there was a, a very important guy in India and he knew that I knew I wasn't close with him, but he had a, a friend coming that was from this head of this religion, like a branch of the religion but it thousands of followers in the city he was in, wanted to come to Los Angeles and stay with me for with his wife for a couple of weeks for, I don't know what the reason was, because he was, I don't know, but he wanted to stay with me for a couple of weeks. And then he was going to go give these giant presentations all around uh, Los Angeles to these followers or something. But anyway, he stayed in this room of my house and, and very religious man, he'd get up and with his wife and they would do this, type of breathing exercise and yoga for four or five hours a day. And anyway, so when he left, there was like this energy in the room. It was very positive and it was almost like meditative and I can't explain it, but my wife felt it and uh, other people went in the, so different people, different things give different energies to the atmospheres you're in. And uh, I'm not big on supernatural type things, but you can feel different energies when you walk into different firms. Sometimes they feel welcoming, sometimes they don't. And sometimes that's just um, personal to you. So you want to go and you want to be in places where uh, the energy feels right. And if it doesn't, you're going to have a hard time. It's just what it is. And there's this thing by Malcolm Gladwell that people form impressions of things within the first several seconds of even instantly. And it's the same thing that that happens in all uh that happens when in law firms too. So I would be very careful if things seem they rub you negatively. And if you walk in and it feels comfortable, you're going to do well. If it doesn't, you shouldn't work there. Okay, when do you offer a resume workshop? May attend. So the resume workshop is I do one for my candidates, which is every Tuesday, I think at 3 p.m. Pacific time. So if you if I'm working with you at BCG, like people will send their resumes in advance. I don't have the URL for it right now, but if you're a candidate, you'll get it. The other thing we do too is I do a quarterly 
resume workshops. So now it's the first quarter sort of in February or no January, February, March, and then March, April, May, and then June, July, August. Yeah. So the next resume workshop, I think will be happening maybe even next week. So uh, I don't know, but you'll get a notification about it. And then on the resume workshop, anybody that submits a resume, I'll review it on the call, which is a lot of fun. Sometimes these calls go like four or five hours, but uh, I can review your resume. And it's always useful to get to get uh, input on your resume. It can help you quite a bit. And, and I love going over resumes in the uh, resume workshop. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You can always make a lot of really good improvements for people. So that'll probably be, I think, next week or the week after because it's uh, do it quarterly. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. Okay, so yeah, so if you get fired or leave on bad terms, that's okay. Everybody, most attorneys get fired or have to leave a job under bad circumstances at some point in their career. It's just learning lessons and that sort of thing. The the firms, if they check your resume, there's kind of two types of checks. So sometimes, and this is what you need to be careful of, but it doesn't always work. Sometimes law firms will know people at another firm. And so if you're not working or you get or you're at the current firm, they'll maybe call them up and say, hey, what do you think about this person? If you're not currently working there and you're not working at all, then they may do that. And does it happen a lot? No, probably 15, 20% of the time. But if they call up and they just check your references, the firm's just going to con- confirm your time there and that's it. One thing I've noticed that's interesting, and this is just talking about references, is uh, the best firms will generally give glowing references to people almost regardless of how they did. There, I've seen cases where I had one case where a woman was at a big firm for six months and then was institutionalized for a couple other months for some psychiatric disorder. And and then, but you, I called the firm for a reference and because she, I wanted to see how she would do, or I don't know why I called, maybe she asked me to, and they gave the most glowing reference you can imagine. It was, uh, I think it was, it was a big firm. I don't want to say the name, but it was a big New York law firm. And I've noticed this time and time again, but the best firms will always give great resume, great reviews. The ones that don't are often uh, smaller firms or firms that with people are, I don't know, it's just, you have to be careful uh, with those, but the best firms, it's almost always good references. Now, sometimes if you did something bad, they will it will follow you if you had some major problems or something, or they talk to other people. I had this one instance where there was this law firm in Wisconsin and they hired one of my candidates and for an important job, he was making quite a bit of money for Wisconsin. And, and then the guy was there for a week or two and then the law firm just fired him. And I was like, what the hell happened? And they said, he didn't tell us everything about his history. And I was like, what does that mean? Does he have a criminal record or anything? And they're like, no. 
they just didn't tell us stuff. So I don't know what happened or why they did that. They wouldn't tell me. But uh, after that happened, I just basically was like, okay, there's this is sometimes happens. There's nothing wrong leaving the firm with good bad terms. The only thing I would recommend is if that happens, uh, what you should do is you want to not talk about it a lot. Law firms will, when they bring you in to interview you, they're not going to go into a lot of detail about it because they don't, they want to hire you and make money. They don't want you to feel uh, negative about your past. And if they're bringing you in, typically you don't want to do anything like that. The other thing I would just say that's important is when you're interviewing with law firms and uh, about the, you, you always need to portray yourself as strong. So you don't want to come across as weak. You don't want to come across as having had bad baggage. You just remember that you're an attorney, and if you were representing the client, you need to do so in a certain way. And as an attorney, you need to represent yourself in a certain way as well. So that's you're your own client, your attorney. So you need to come across very strong. Okay, how open are law firms to non-traditional career passages? Attorneys who have taken entrepreneurial ventures or transitioned from a different industry can these experience be assets, or are they generally perceived as tourists? Yes, entrepreneurship, unfortunately, is not valued by law firms and with good reason. Entrepreneurs are just a different breed of person. They are interested in ways to make money, how to start businesses, how to do things that are exciting and still see new businesses and new opportunities. And it's just a way of thinking. Lawyers, unfortunately, compared to entrepreneurs, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, are things like stability is valued. Being part of the team is valued, doing things the way the law firm has always done things are valued. And so entrepreneurs get into law firms, um, myself included, uh, and don't do well. They're, they're, they may have the skills to be a good attorney, but they're just not going to do well. This is just not how lawyers are. Now, some lawyers are very entrepreneurial and they will start law firms and that's a form of entrepreneurship and they'll run law firms. And so you can certainly be a good attorney with, with these types of skills, but at the same time, you just need to realize that that law firms definitely are not fired up necessarily about attorneys that are, have taken non-traditional career paths. And in terms of being an entrepreneur, the final thing is that that they're that lawyers are not entrepreneurs. They're it's just different. You can't. It, it's just too difficult, and you probably wouldn't be happy in a firm either. Now, transitioning from different industries, okay, people become lawyers after being bankers or, or different types of things. So there's nothing wrong with that. But in general, it's you need to be careful. I actually sent out a, an article to law firms last week about people that they should avoid hiring. And it was entrepreneurs as one of them because entrepreneurs are typically not happy. Uh, let me just see here. Okay, so next question. Okay, this is from a foreign lawyer. Okay, I'm a foreign lawyer in Nigeria for five years and I just concluded my master's degree um, in sports law. My practicing in Nigeria has been in IP entertainment. We're taking the New York Bar in last February, applied to a series of firms. Uh, it's been difficult to secure an interview for an associate position. Um, okay, so, yeah, so it's I, this is very common. We, we I kind of the, these questions, and it's foreign lawyers ask this every week, and these are good questions. Uh, but the problem with moving to a foreign country is that first of all, IP and entertainment is an extremely hard practice area for anybody, even a U.S. lawyer, to get into because there's just not. Uh, a ton of work in it. It's just not really a big. So what happens a lot of times with foreign lawyers is that it's very difficult to get a position in the U.S. You have to typically, I think you have to get an LLM first, but even an LLM, 
There's LLM programs at Harvard and all these different places for foreign lawyers, and most of them don't get positions in the United States. So you really need to you need to get an LLM, then you can take the bar. But but really, the smartest thing to do is then you get a JD. Once you get a JD, the JD makes you more marketable, and the reason is because what you're doing is you're competing against competing against U.S. attorneys, people competing against U.S. attorneys. And then for grades and all that sort of thing, grade, transfer grades, et cetera. I'm just writing so. And and then the law firm can compare you to them. The problem with an LLM is pretty much anybody can get an LLM. Not anybody, but if you have the money, you can do that. And then not only that, but grades tend to be very good in US LLM programs. So getting a JD after the LLM is very important. The problem, just I just want you to understand the problem is there's no, what is the incentive for a U.S. law firm to hire someone that needs to get, and I'm not trying to rain in your parade, but needs to get work visa that that is used to a law in a different type of country that may not stick around because they're from another country. They may have to go home if family members have problems. So it's just very difficult for law firms to do that. They will, but you have, but you have to, you're going to have to be willing to work for less money. You're going to have to be willing to start out at smaller firms. You're probably going to have a hard time doing IP and entertainment. So you just need to be very careful. But this is the route. You get an LLM, you get into USJD program, then you uh, start applying to jobs and you can often do very well uh, after doing that. But it's very difficult uh, to get positions just coming from a foreign country because you have to think, how would a U.S. attorney be able to get a position in a in a law firm in Nigeria, it just would be very difficult. It's the same thing in the U.S. And so there's no prejudice against people from foreign countries. It's just, but you have to concede, why would a law firm be willing to hire you as opposed to a U.S. attorney? And that's especially true on entertainment. Uh, I apologize if that sounds a little harsh, but I'm just trying to, I want to be honest with you about how difficult it is. So that looks like all the questions. I certainly appreciate everyone being on this call. I will be next week, hopefully, doing a, a call for doing resume review. I'm not sure if it'll be next week or the next one. I don't know what's been planned, but the resume review is always a lot of help and, and a great time to, to get your resume reviewed. So I'll be doing that. I think one of the things I would just say to include this is listening to the stuff, everything you heard today, if you are absorbing it and understanding it, it will make you a great attorney. I do very well in law firms. I, I have so many people uh, that write me it's not every week, but it's every few weeks that I have been successful following a lot of the stuff. And it's not that I, I'm some brilliant guy, I just happen to have been in this industry and committed to it for a long time. And the, the lessons is when you commit to stuff, you learn stuff and that includes your practice area and law firms. And it just makes you become better and better. Uh, I congratulate everyone for taking the time to be on this today. I know this is a very long webinar, uh, but I think it will uh, definitely help you. And uh, I appreciate everyone's time. and. Uh, I will um, uh, be back uh, next week and hopefully we'll do resume reviews. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.